I'm terrific. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Welcome aboard Almost Midnight, a horror anthology podcast. Yes. I'm, I'm here with... Crystal Fear. And I'm Mr. Cleaver. I just realized five episodes in that we never introduced ourselves. We never, really, just... <laughs> no, we never, we never really introduce ourselves. We just kind of start going right into it. <laughs> yeah, and they're just like, these dickheads just start talking. And it's they're... like, who are these people? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's their names? there we go so today's movie is body bags yeah i never heard of this okay so this is completely like virgin watching of this really yeah um you know i okay so it was on it was posted on showtime and we never really got those pay channels with me growing up like you know the lucky like weekend the free weekends you'd get yeah. But because it was on Showtime, maybe that's why I never saw it or knew about it. But yeah, this is a complete shock to me. And, I, and I'm a John Carpenter fan. So I was like, what? I didn't even know this was a thing. Oh, you must have been so happy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we had the tape in my at my video store. Otherwise, I might not have known it either. Yeah. Um, I saw it was from 1993. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, I mean, I was definitely watching horror movies then. So I... I yeah, I, I just didn't know this was a thing. So, but it's great. It was great. Oh yeah, I kind of wish it had been. It had gone to series. Yeah, because this this actually was a pilot. I saw right that there was a pilot episode for this. Oh yeah, somewhat. Yeah. Yeah, they were gonna like make an anthology series on Showtime, and then it, like I guess they just kind of pulled the plug on it. But um, it, it, this was kind of like their pilot, which I mean the stars in this i mean they pulled out all the stops definitely for this pilot episode <laughs> they did they did and i think it was it was a reaction to tales from the crypt for hbo uh-huh so i was i i wish they had gone we would have had a, yet another tales from the crypt well i read that like credits i you know because i was like on rotten tomatoes to see what people say but you know, sixty-seven percent critics liked it, forty percent audience, and like six point one on IMDb, which is all pretty good. Oh yeah, not bad for a horror movie. Not bad for a horror movie, even with critics almost seventy percent for our critics. I mean, I was shocked. And forty percent is always good for horror movies for audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, directed by John Carpenter and Toby Hooper. Am I saying that right? You bet, Toby Hooper. Yeah, and that's from uh, fame from like Chainsaw Massacre, right? You bet. Yeah. So okay. So big heavy hitters, you know, in the horror game. <laughs> oh yeah, and even um, some big horror directors making cameos. Yes, that as well too. Um, so it starts out. I mean, it, everything when I first saw this starting, I was like, "What is this?" Because it starts out. It's this creepy looking like decrepit coroner and he kind of plays the narrator, let's say Tales from the Crypt kind of like introducing the series thing and he's walking through and uh, basically going through cadavers in, in uh, like a morgue 
and he's kind of introducing the the series in in a way where he goes through and he's looking at the the corpses and telling you what they died from and you're kind of you know who is played by john carpenter which is amazing and and it kind of like sets the tone of what you're going to see i feel like just it's it looks wacky it looks good. Um, I've never kind of seen it start out, uh, any kind of anthology start out this way, even with the ones we've watched. Yes, they kind of like give you the intro, but this is great. It was just a different kind of way to go about it. Yeah, he's like a, he's like a gaunt, pale guy in medical scrubs, and I love it. He's going through the charts. He's like natural causes, natural causes. I hate natural causes. Yeah, and he's drinking formaldehyde. He's just like this real like <laughs> wacky looking, like almost dead looking corner which is great um when i the the, one i watched where i watch it on um i streamed it and for some reason the volume the music's very loud on this to me and the way i was my only thing the streaming that i watched it was was almost that like the music was louder than the than the audio like the like the speaking part of it but uh that was the only thing where I was like, I'm thankful that the, that the subtitles were the 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 yeah the subtitles were on because I had a hard time hearing over the music of of the of the score of the movie. It was like that for watching it on like the actual physical. I don't know if you have VHS or DVD of this, but oh, um, Blu-ray. You have it on Blu-ray, okay. So, but yeah. streaming it, I had a hard time catching some stuff. So I'm thankful that I had subtitles on. It was probably the same blue mix. It's just the normal um, octave two when it's dialogue and octave 400 when it's anything other than dialogue. Okay. And it would definitely felt like that the, the, the music was on the forefront to me. Well, streaming at least it was. Oh yeah. It was a good score though. Yeah. I think, I think John Carpenter has to do the score too. Yeah. It's very Carpenter. I love it. It's, it's uh, still eighties, but that's, what's awesome about it. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely great and then he finds this dead body i can't remember the first one what kind of condition it's in yeah he kind of goes through it yeah he goes <laughs> through them and um there's even a bot there's even a a, a a a a bag of just like a decomposed yeah. body saying that he fell off of a building onto a train track the train drug him and this is what's <laughs> left he was like going on and on it was it's it's actually really it there's a lot of comedy too which is great and for not seeing John Carpenter act really in anything else, it was just surprising, and he was funny and kept natural and fun. Oh yeah, he he still he still would even be the one to tell you you can't act. But I yeah, thought was, I thought he was really charming. I, yeah. And it was this great it was this great dialogue, and he seemed comfortable, and he played the part really well. Oh yeah, the first the well well uh, the first body he pulls up, he says it was found. Miles away from civilization on a on a dark night, and then okay. this this opens the gas station. Yes, which we also have great cameos in this one too. Oh yeah, but um, it's Annie who's like this really attractive young college student, and she's working at an all night gas station in Haddonfield, Illinois, which is yeah. a great little like Easter egg fun thing for anybody who's a John Carpenter fan. And she meets up with the, the worker who's she's relieving and his name is Bill. And oh, yeah. they kind of start out talking about, hey, do you hear the serial killer basically broke out of a mental hospital and cautions her like, don't, you know, don't leave this, you know, the, the glass box. 
without the key because it locks behind you, which you know is also foreshadowing that like don't yep. leave don't leave this after hours area without your key or you'll get locked out. Oh yeah, but Bill, spoiler alert, Bill's our killer. Did you call that? I did not until of course it was all all said and done, but no, I did not get it right away. Yeah, once every other character is dead. You're like, who else did they introduce? <laughs> Yeah, I know. He he. So he basically gives her like the thirty second rundown, which I think is pretty hysterical of how to run an entire gas station while her first night doesn't work with anybody that first night. So, but she's but she's in charge of the entire station. So, uh, you know, leaves her alone. She's studying about psychology, about like psychopaths and murderers, basically, Um, and. She sees like a variety of just weirdos pull up, and one is a, of course, a great cameo by Wes Craven. I think he's the yeah, I think he's the first one. The he first plays one. A, yeah, such a lecherous fucking weirdo. Yeah, he's just like staring her down and like just like disgusting and like where I think as a woman, like you've probably run into at least once in your life just a weird guy who just looks at you like way too long and you're like, ah, I'm so uncomfortable. Yeah. And she's trying to like be like, okay, thanks for coming. Bye. But he's like not getting it. So finally he just like goes off and leaves. But, uh, you know, she sees a normal dude uh, who is played by David <laughs> Naughton. Yes. And plays, you know, he's a normal looking guy. She seems to be vibing with him, at least through the conversation through the glass. And he's he's respectful, nice. She's kind of thrown off by the first visitor, Wes Craven. So she's kind of always kind of keeping an eye out for him, but he doesn't do anything weird. He pulls off, but he leaves his credit card. Oh yeah. So she runs out of the box. Hey, 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 which he's in a, in a which he's she's screaming at him, and he's in a in a convertible watch. He, why he doesn't hear her, I have no idea. <laughs> but you know he peels off that she doesn't he doesn't hear her but again now she's officially locked out because she left the box without her keys and i would say i got a pretty good jump scare because a homeless man came out from behind the box to approach her to use the bathroom yep. but the music was so good and the fact that the homelessness was blurred out and you, all you saw was the figure coming up behind her pretty quick. I felt myself, I actually got a, a legitimate jump scare. I, re- I rarely get, I rarely feel like I get those in movies. But I was like, oh, I was like, oh my gosh, because it was like so quick, the transition with the, with the music and, the, and, and him entering the picture. I was scared of that. I, you know what? I think it's, it, the episode does have really good atmosphere though. Yeah, it, the music is really intense through the whole through the whole ep- the scene, and you just you're you're immediately put on edge with her starting to work there that you already are you already are waiting for something bad to happen. So she basically you know kind of pushes the homeless man off, saying, "Oh, I got the other key." She's like freaking out, trying to check check all the doors. She finally lifts the the, the gate of a bay and finds an extra set of keys. To get back into the box to give him the give him the key to the bathroom. Do you recognize the homeless guy? No. Well, you might not recognize him. He's not like a movie star or anything, but he always tends to play the homeless guy. Uh, oh. The biggest movie was Back to the Future. He was the homeless guy at the end in the beginning. Oh my god! Really? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I did not like, notice that. That's so funny. Damn teenagers. It's so funny. He's like typecast as the homeless guy. Yeah, George Buckflower. He he also yeah he's he's done a lot. 
so but yeah he basically goes off to uh the bathroom and she's freaking out because every this whole night has been a series of just weird things happening and this next couple pulls up and they're like drunk again another convertible and she's like hey do you mind going to the bathroom there's a guy in there who's really weird just check it out for me he's like no problem so he goes in there he's like yeah he's passed out no big deal you know i peed over him basically (laughs) (laughs) and they leave but she goes what about the key the key in the bathroom he's like oh he left it in the door he left it in the door so she sneaks over to the door to get the key out of the bathroom again you're a nervous wreck for this girl the whole night that she's working absolutely yeah and she goes into the bathroom and investigates he's not there but she sees some like really disturbing like graffiti artwork on a stall door that's like a demon and decapitated heads yeah they knocked it out of the park on that that. yeah it was like someone had a long time to do this like this is like a not like a 20 second I'm on the toilet I'm gonna draw something kind of thing it was like an elaborate art piece (laughs) so he she freaks out by that and she basically leaves the bathroom and she goes back to the the gate or the 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 stall or whatever the, the the where she works what is that what would you even call that I don't know what you'd call it. It's such a weird. I've never a seen booth, it. a booth. I guess yeah. like a glass booth. Yeah, because it has like an after hours booth where it had a slide. You had a sliding door that you could put the cash into, and then you could pull the cash in. So you never had to like really interact with people. It was like almost like this, like almost like a bank teller gate, but not like. But she goes there, and then as she's sitting there, the car in the bay of the other part of the garage begins to lift the truck up and down so she's like freaking out now and i guess that's when she makes a call for help and then or she calls bill because bill was the original guy she calls the number that he left her and he answers but now he's in the different persona of being the killer yeah and it's like, oh, uh, if you'd like to get a touch with, he's like basically doing a, 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 a like a message machine message while he's talking to her, and she's just freaking out. And he makes his way towards her with a machete. Oh, he and cuts I, the phone line as well. I know, cuts the phone line, and also a sledgehammer as well. I think. Yep. And he makes his way over to the to the glass booth, and at this point, she kind of like sees the writing on the wall. And he just takes the sledgehammer and starts wailing on the on the glass of the booth. And she runs into the back room and she's looking for anything that's like kind of used to like either either escape or as a weapon. And she comes along, I guess one of the real workers, his neck was cl- his neck was like slit, falls out of one of the lockers. She screams, he falls on top of her. <laughs> you and, know who he is? Did you who, re- was that was that Sam Raimi? You bet. Yeah. Okay. So Sam Raimi's in this, and he falls on top of her. She's screaming. I guess she eventually grabs. I couldn't. I don't remember. If it was like a table or a chair or something, and she basically smashes the killer's nose, and he falls oh, yeah. to the ground and does this really long death, like shake, almost like he's like having a seizure, kind of like death. She runs from the booth and this is where I get like I was like so aggravated because 
there's several times where she just like stops like the like the events over and allows him to come back to life and keep chasing her oh yeah because he pulls a uh michael myers here like yeah he gets up he basically she she runs out of the booth and she's like oh it's over like almost like oh thank god comes out comes out of the booth he grabs her once then she like knocks him out again and runs the the pumps and sits down and like oh it's over but no he gets up again and comes after her so she runs into the garage bay to steal the truck and then she sees a dead home the dead homeless man inside of it oh yeah She, she freaks out and he follows her into there, basically. And just then, the the uh, one of the one of the customers' credit card returns back to kind of like help save the day and fight off Bill or the killer. But it allows her to kind of escape enough that she's able to like get make her way over to the lift where the car is, and then drop the car on top of him. To, and he just like spurts blood everywhere. Yes, he. I think he. Yeah, he falls flat, and then he's slowly squished by the. Yeah, and there's like this, this like this like a, a tidal wave of blood that comes out of him. Yeah, I mean it was, it, and so it was a. I thought it was a really good. I thought it was a really good short. Yeah, last line is the guy says, "Forgot my card." <laughs> yes, <laughs> there was like jump scares. Uh, I liked the music was really good. Uh. The camera angles, like, there's a lot of low camera angles. Did you re- notice that? I didn't notice that, no. Like, where almost like they were filming her from, like, the camera was down low and filming up at her during, like, her running away, more so than just, like, at eye level. It was, like, almost like the camera was pointing up like someone was holding it down low, which I thought was interesting and different. Like, it just was, it was a pretty scary uh I guess for the times would be really scary. Just a different look of a short story it was really good. Oh yeah, I like I like the tent, and I like when you get one a person by themselves, by themselves uh, being like terrorized or slowly haunted or. Yeah, and it was a different take on it. Like she's like working at a gas station, and you know it's her first day. And so, of course, she doesn't really even know what to expect. It's not even like it's a natural thing for her to be working there, you know. Oh yeah. So I thought it was a good. I thought it was a good environment, even too. That booth is a perfect um, horror movie thing. I'm surprised they haven't used more things like that. Yeah, especially with being like you could be locked out or you're trapped inside of it. Um, Yeah, it's great. It was great. Absolutely. The only thing I did not, I was like, girl, either keep hitting him or just keep running. But she would just stop and like sit and be like, oh, it's over. But no, it was not over. (laughs) For the third time, it's not over. They're all guilty of that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We go back to John Carpenter clowning around. Yes. He's like, he kind of does another like little skit, uh, introductory, uh, talk about, you know, alluding to the next story and I, you know, it was great that he like bopped in. It was kind of, he was a really good host, like able to go in and out at in between. Although the, like, the stories are not connected, he did a good job of like connecting them through his little skits. Oh yeah. And then he, he goes, I think this is the interstitial where he, he goes through the, uh, 
what do you call those things? The drawers, the with the dead bodies in them. Oh yeah, yes. And he pulls them out. Oh, and I read there's a girl with like very large breasts that he tries to pull out and gets like stuck. Uh, do you remember that part, like where he's like pulling the girl with the huge breasts out of the drawer and her breasts get stuck on it and he tries to pull really hard. So <laughs> I read that Ron Jeremy was he found that actress for him. Oh really? Yeah, so he was connected to this too. So I guess she was with a porn star or something, but like again, really ridiculous breasts, like just like very horror movie gratuitous boobs. But it was good. It was good. And even he said he's like, obviously these drawers were made before the invention of breast implants. <laughs> yes. It was just funny and like and he made he brought you down after being I guess like a little bit on edge the first story. Yeah. At least I was on edge. I also watched this after work and it was late night. I was alone. Uh, so I, I, I was on edge with that first. And I was like, Oh, this is really good. I'm actually like a little bit nervous watching this one. So uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I'm so happy. <laughs> um, the next one is called hair and it stars, uh, Stacy Keach, is that right? You bet. As Richard. Um, I saw that Sheena Easton was in it. It plays girlfriend. Uh, I saw that Greg Nicotero's in this. He's got a cameo, yep. He has a cameo, and Debbie Harry's has a cameo in this. So like it's stacked with like really great people. Yeah, they 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 were overburdened with talent with these. And I feel like it's Debbie Harry kind of around the same time as Tales from the Dark Side, so I mean, she looked around the same age. I'm not, I think it'd be other. Yeah, maybe she was in, started in the next. Maybe this was two, 1993. So yeah, she would have just started in Tales of the Dark Side. So oh. I I feel like she was kind of on this like trajectory of horror movies. Yeah. But he, Richard's like a middle aged man who's self conscious. He's like his hair is thinning. And it's like this classic story where he's like buying like hair products and combs his hair differently, has a toupee. And his girlfriend, who's Sheena Easton, is like, don't worry about it. Like, kind of just get annoyed that he's so obsessed about his, losing his hair. I, I got to say, he took it too far. But <laughs> I, yeah, I have the same thing. And it is, it is not great. It's not a good thing. <laughs> So you can become obsessed with like, with like either, but it could be anything. Like I, I took it as like watching it. It could be about just like getting even older or again, losing your hair, or maybe you feel like your life isn't going the way you want. The story could be totally like made many different ways, which oh, I like, which I liked a lot. He's like mourning the loss of his vitality as well. He's, yeah. He- but she's like a real looker. Like she Easton's like gorgeous. And, you know, he just looks again, like, you know, 15 years older than her and, you know, balding. And he kind of just feels less than attractive or, and she's trying to put his mind at ease. It's just not really working. So he ends up buying, you know, I think he bought like, you know, paint for his head and like he bought right. everything basically for, for himself. She comes to see him and she's just laughing because it's obvious he sprayed it on. And Yeah, and she decides that, like, she even sends him to his, her hairdresser to kind of, like, 
you know, do something special with it, but doesn't really, nothing really comes of that. And of course, he's a really great hairdresser who has a great head of hair, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, they have to be. Uh, so he decides he's like watching, they, 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 they decide, she decides that he's like too obsessed and they need time apart. And she's like kind of like over him for a minute. And he is watching late night television. He sees this thing for like Dr. Luke, I think it was. And he promises, you know, hair and all the things that you desire. And he's like, well, I'm at my wit's end, so I better just try this out. And he goes there and de- the doctor is, I'm not sure if he's in anything else. I, I wasn't really aware or anything, but Debbie Harry plays the nurse. The and yes. And they, they almost make it sound like that they don't really want him to be a client or is he good enough to be a client? And he's like, yes, yes, I'll do anything. I'll do anything to be a client. And they go, okay, let's set you up. So he basically said, wrap, they wrap his hair. They do, the, they do the procedure. They wrap his head and they go, you wake up tomorrow morning with a full head of hair. So he wraps it, goes to bed, he wakes up and he has long, like Fabio style hair, basically. The <laughs> <laughs> longest hair on a, a man that he, like, it's ridiculous. Like, middle of his back long. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's uh he he feels like I guess sexy again. His old girlfriend finds him irresistible. Uh they are having sex and like even like doing things where he doesn't want to see her. So he's like, Are you cheating on me? Like she's like freaking out because now he's like this like stud of a man with his full set of, with his full head of hair. Ultra which hair. is just it's just so funny, you know, yeah. that that's what it means like to be attractive, you know, but it's growing like crazy. So the next day it grew even another six inches long. So he goes to see the hairdresser, gets his hair cut. And the dresser's like, oh my God, his hair is beautiful. I can't believe this hair. I can't believe this hair. So uh, it comes to find out where he starts to get sick during this. Yeah. He complains of a sore throat. Uh, he doesn't really feel well. His girlfriend thinks he's lying. He's cheating on her. And he's like, no, I just don't really feel well. He goes that he gargles with a uh, scope or something and he doesn't feel good. He looks in his mouth and he sees like a follicle of hair almost like poking out of his mouth and then quickly like goes away. And he's like, what is that? <laughs> right. uh, he plucked one of his hairs and it made a noise like a like ouch, almost like a scream like kind of thing. Yeah. And it looked like a serpent. Like, or a snake, or I don't know what you'd say, a worm. Oh, yeah, that's weird. He looks at, he looks at it under a, under a microscope or some such, and it looks like a little, like a little snake. Like a little, yeah, a little snake. And yeah. It, like, it disappears down the drain of, of the sink, and he, like, washes it down, and he, like, freaks out. And he, again, he doesn't really do anything about it, but he lays down in bed. He decides he wants to sleep it off. He's like, doesn't feel good. And he wakes up the next day and now hair is growing out of his like forehead. His eyebrows are really long. It's out of his cheeks. Him look like caveman. Yeah, it was like, it was definitely like a caveman look. So he goes back to Dr. Luke and Locke, Locke, Dr. Locke. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's Dr. Locke. And he, and he, uh, He's like, what? He's like, what did you do to me? What's going on? He, and it basically comes out that they're like, 
aliens and they're using like these people who are just like narcissistic about their looks to implant things into their brain to feed on them because they'll never have like a, a ever a problem finding people because they always have like you know hair issues and things like that that they they found it was an easy way to get things like injected into their head and they use their brain to like feed on their brain now when we started this did you think that the outcome was going to be alien hair no i did not this was a total <laughs> shock to me and they basically like escorted him like debbie harry escorts him out to like I guess where they put all the people at that like are kind of like getting feasted on. I mean, he mentioned some room. He's like, take them to the whatever room. And I guess it's like they're like area to hold these people. He goes, oh, bring the next customer in, you know? And it's so funny because I hadn't, I didn't even know where this was going. I, I didn't see this. I figured there was going to be a thing about a lot of hair growth. I, I kind of got like vibes of like cream show, uh, the the one with the moss covered Stephen King. I got like vibes like that gonna happen. Oh, Jordy. But, yeah, it's a Jordy. But I didn't get know it was gonna be aliens at all. That's fantastic. And what did you like it? Yeah, I really did like it. It was it was it was so nineties. Like like his apartment was nineties. I think our house in the nineties had that big mirror wall that he had in his apartment. We had that in our dining room where it was like floor to ceiling wall to make the room look bigger. It was like a thing that people did in the nineties. And I had, we had like all his artwork was really just plain and just mauve. And it was so funny because it was just, it was so nineties, but it was a really, I thought it was a really good short. And like Greg Nicotero is in like a, a cameo where he's has long flowing hair and his dog is a very long haired dog. And yeah. you see, you see Richard looking longingly at the dog and him like, oh, I wish I had that hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just a lot of fun, like little things like that. It was really nice. I forgot to say David Warner plays the doctor. Oh, David Warner. Yes. Yeah. Who was famously decapitated in the Omen 1976. And... I mean, these, there was tons of cameos in this. this yeah, it was great. I liked it. Um, again, to go back to the coroner and he has a little blurb of, you know, explaining like a little bit about, uh, the next thing and closing out the first one, uh, the, the last, uh, skit. And again, he, I, I love John Carpenter in this. He was just, yeah. it's just funny and relaxed and sarcastic Kind of like, you know, the Crypt Keeper was sarcastic when he was kind of like a quote-unquote host of uh, Tales of the Dark Side kind of thing. It's just it's just one of those things that, like, it was nice to have some, a, a comedic kind of host during this. And, right. it le- and Levity, like, broke up the, I guess, horror, you know? Yeah. I like, I miss that. Yeah. The next one uh, takes you to the eye. And it's Mark Hamill and his wife played by Twiggy, which Twiggy. is a really famous, you know, model. Yeah, she was in uh, Club Paradise. <laughs> Do you remember that movie? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a super underrated Robin Williams movie. Um. <laughs> like, and Mark Hamill, you just, he, like, for some reason, like, 
So he plays a baseball player in this, and he looks like 20 years older than every other baseball player on the team. <laughs> I was just cracking up because I think Mark Hamill aged very poorly. You it's- know, for, he just it, he looked so old in this. He could have been he could have been 50 years old in this for all, all I know. Because of how much I think Mark Hamill just aged so, like his face is so aged to me. But uh, he plays Brett Matthews and a baseball player who, you know, he loves his wife and he's, I think he's the pitcher, I think. And very, he, real- what's that? Very religious. Very religious. Um, his, I guess his wife is like, get home. I have something to tell you. Uh, and she's saying the scene to basically reveal that she's pregnant. But on his way home during a, a rainstorm and reaching for his cas- pile of cassette tapes to play, I guess he needed to play cassette, he uh, unlocked, he unlocked his, his uh, seatbelt and reached for one. He got into a car accident where a shard of glass like went right into his eye, which I thought was a really good like practical effect. It looked oh, really good. That's where we get our title. <laughs> yes. <forgot> the eye. <laughs> the eye. <laughs> the eye. <laughs> Uh, he is depressed, uh, but basically this doctor comes in and goes, well, we have a really experimental procedure that I could take an eye and put it inside you and it could possibly take, you know, the sooner the better, basically. He goes, I'll do anything. So he does it. It turns out that the eye belonged to a serial killer and he begins to get flashes and headaches in his eye that show he sees what the serial killer saw. Oh yeah, very slowly building and kind of slowly. Yeah, and basically drives him insane. But finds out that the serial killer, his drunk mother, abused him. He killed blonde women who looked just like his wife, essentially, with gardening shears, and he just happened to be rebuilding the backyard landscaping. So, uh, there's a whole fight scene. Uh, there's there's a lot of bible references in this like combating because i guess it's like the, the serial killer used to call himself the devil so there's a lot of bible devil praying callbacks in this but basically he fights the urge to kill his wife by stabbing himself in the eye with the gardening shears to first of all he has to remove the eye but he ends up like basically killing himself and uh it's it's was a, it was a really good i thought that was also really good really dark yeah really dark yeah it was really dark you see him go from a loving husband to slowly breaking down to being crazy even the sexy he bites his wife and you know she just is trying everything to like be there for him and he's just slowly going insane he sees these images that are like the mom putting out a cigarette on him or the or he sees images of dead women or in the garbage disposal and it's just it was really good you could feel it was directed by toby hooper instead of john carpenter it kind of had a different it had a different vibe it definitely yeah. did and i it... think like i think like uh this one had a lot more visuals and i think that yeah the other two had visuals but i think like john carpenter had a lot of music and had a lot of just he just the second one was kind of working on people's insecurities but like the first one was just i feel like it felt like a classic john carpenter you know isolated person a person attacking them 
you know, heightened suspense with music. It just felt like very him. Absolutely. I I mean, I liked all three of them. So you, the epilogue is that you come to find out that the corridor that's been leading us the whole night through these like array of stories is not actually the corridor and he is a corpse and the corridors are Tom Arnold and Toby Hooper. Yep. <laughs> and he has to quick, John Carpenter has to quick run into, jump into a body bag because they're making their way down the steps to do, I guess, procedures on him. And it's just so funny because it's like Tom Arnold in 93 would have been like classic, like Roseanne Tom Arnold still. Oh, yeah. He still would have been like with Roseanne. He still would have been like that Tom Arnold. So it was just great to see that. Uh, I just thought it was really funny. It was a really funny ending. Wasn't expecting that. Yeah, you weren't? No, I didn't expect I mean, he looked like death, but like, (laughs) but also I kind of had his expectation of corners, like more morticians looking like that. Like, you know, this like assumption that us kind of just pale and indoors and dealing with dead people. So I didn't really put two and two together. So I was like, oh my God, this is so funny that he is the, he's the corpse. And he has like, he takes off the gown. He has like a wound on his side. And they're like, and then Tom Arnold starts like cutting him open and basically, oh yeah, get me a coffee. Yeah. And it's awkward, like it's normal. There's like blood pl- splashing on them and stuff. It, it was, it was pretty funny. It was, I, this was actually a really, really good anthology. I a hundred percent, like a 10 for me. Oh yeah. When they're good, they're good. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Like this was, this is something I could show. Like my roommate loves horror movies, but, uh, and she's like, oh, well, I listen to your podcast. I want to know, like, I really want to see this. And I really want to see that one. And she's like, but I would actually be like, yes, definitely. Like, this is what I would actually recommend to people. It, it was fun. It was, it was funny. It was good. It was scary. It was disturbing. All different stuff. Would Creepshow 3 be the only one you wouldn't recommend <laughs> the other? No. So far, uh, was it Tales of the Dark Side we did? That, I mean, I think that was also way up there for me. You know, Tales of the Dark Side, Creep, the first Creep show, this. They've all been really good so far, except for, I guess, yes, three. <laughs> uh, Creep, Creep show three was not, is not what I'd probably recommend. No, it was horrible. But like, the, these have been, these have been solid choices so far. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'll try to base out the shit ones with the. <laughs> but the good ones which ne- next week I'm hoping we we got a lot to <laughs> we oh to... no what, what's the next one gonna, what, do you, what do you think the next one's gonna be I don't know it depends on if you wanna kick off another small franchise like um, VHS there's four of those okay and... yeah you know I would I wouldn't mind going to those because that's something that I haven't I have seen like one of them but not the other ones so again they would all be fresh views for me oh, or if you want to do a one-off with no with no other ones like I'm open that too have you ever seen the other the other thing is uh tales from the hood have you ever seen that I saw that way back when it came out so I, that would almost feel fresh to me as well. 
Oh yeah. The the only problem with that is you start out with a nine or a ten, and then <laughs> they're not great. <laughs> they're not quite creep show three, but they're. Oh man. Oh yeah, but we can yeah we can either we can talk about it. Yeah, well, I guess well, yeah. Just let me know. But so far, it's been this has been great. This was like a surprise too, because I went into this absolutely blind. When you said when you sent me the text message like body bags, I'm like, I have never heard of this. I don't know if I'm gonna find this on TV. And I found it. And I was like, I was pleasantly surprised from the beginning, <laughs> from the start. I was pleasantly surprised. So yeah, I'm up for anything really. <laughs> When you heard the title, were you kind of afraid it was going to be like something weird? Like, yeah, weird or off the wall. Yeah, I, I, I thought maybe it had to do with the, the body bags were the, were the tides of the story, maybe. But uh, absolutely zero idea what it was going to be about. <laughs> and I, I mean, I loved it. I watched it. I was like, I'm really into this. Whereas Creepshow 3, I actually fell asleep during the, the, the final installment story. I was like, I, I literally fell asleep during it. Absolutely. But body bags almost sounds like one of those uh, faces of death off shoots or something. Yeah, I was kind of like, oh no, is this something about like weird, like true life, like car accident stories or this, that, and the other. I was like, I didn't know what it was going to be about. So, but uh, was this all the cameos? And I was like, this is, this is great. So I was I was completely all in for it right, right from the beginning. Especially when he opened when, when John Carpenter opened up and he was like funny and and I saw it was like show, I was like, oh showtime to this is interesting. And then yeah, it was great. How do you rank your segments? Uh I think I would rank it. Oh, I mean definitely the first one is my favorite. First one's my favorite, and then it could go three, two or two, three, depending on like, I guess the day I feel like those had similar like tones to them, but I was like, I really absolutely liked the first one a lot. Oh yeah. It's definitely top heavy where it's, they kind of do the, the best one first. Yeah. It was like, I was blown away by the first one. It was just like, it's everything I'd want in a short story to get me like scared and, you know, it had a good beginning, middle, end. It had all the things you need. Whereas the Creep Show Three, it was like, "Where's this going? How does this even finish the right way? What's what's going on?" Like you, you had no idea what was happening. This, the first one, just was like a classic short story horror, like maybe like you know, story to tell in the dark kind of thing. You felt like it was just, it was a great little horror story. Uh, the other two, I felt like they were good. Like if. They had feelings of like wives' tales, like oh, the guy here are the guy who did this kind of thing. Like those had those vibes to it to me, but I, those could go either way. So I would say maybe like one, two, three, maybe. That's behind, yeah. Yeah, maybe one, two, three, only because I think three went a little long for me, and it could have done without like two or three of the attack, like the scenes where he was like flashing to the horror, like. I feel like maybe just because it could have gone a little bit shorter. Oh, well, um, let me ask you this. If you, let's say that you're putting together an anthology and you know, you have one that's stronger than the other two, would you put it right up front or would you sandwich it in or would you put it at the end? I don't know because it really, I would either sandwich it or I'd put it right in the beginning to get, keep you interested. 
Because I think if I got the first two, fir- the last two first two, I don't know how invested, like I'd be like how engaged I'd still be for waiting for the third one. So I'd either like sandwich it or definitely put it first for me to get everyone like really like, it really set the tone of what you're expecting to see for the other two stories. I, I like that. And I like the idea, but part of me is worried that I don't know, like peaking early or. Yeah. That you're kind of like, uh, towards the end, but no, it was great. Yeah. It's, it helps if you go from like a nine or a 10 of the first segment to like strong seven or eights. Yeah. There were still strong stories. It, just for me and what I like in horror, like I just thought the first one was an absolute 10, like knock it out of the park kind of thing. And then like the other two were great, but I mean, I kind of foresaw what was going to happen in all of them, I guess. But it was just that like, you know, me, like I knew he was have a, a weird growth of hair and I knew that like he was going to get visuals to this new eye. But like, it was I liked the, the it was all set at dark in the first one it was classic you know girl by herself in a weird situation weird people I just I just really happened to like lead heavy towards the first one you know what would have been impossible but would have kind of been a fun little detail is if the eye from the serial killer is from the serial killer from the first one Oh, yeah, with, with like little like tie-ins from the stories. Yeah, yeah, because they made a point, when I read it on, on Wikipedia, they made a point to say they had absolutely no relations to each other because I guess the other ones had like little fun, like little Easter eggs in them and stuff. But uh, these had, yeah, but it would be great to have them all tied in together. It would be a really good way, cute way to do it. I don't know. I, kinda, I like the way it shook out, but that would be kind of interesting. Yeah. But yeah. I, I would say this is great. And, and for me not knowing anything about it, I was pleasantly surprised. I'm, so, I'm happy about that because <laughs> it's, it's gotten a better reputation over the years, but it took a minute. Yeah. So I'm excited for the next one. Do you want, well, I'll, I'll let you pick, just tell me what you, what you would like out of it. And then I'll, I'll pick it based on that. Do you want some more scares? Do you want some more laughs? Do you want big budget, low budget? Do you want, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, recent? Uh, I don't care decade-wise. Uh, I don't care budget-wise. But, like, more... Let's do, like, more h- horror-heavy than comedy-heavy. But I can be, that's the only thing I have, like, a preference, I guess. It could be low-budget, scary 60s. Like, I don't care, you know, it, that kind of stuff. But, like, I kind of looking for maybe, like, something, like, less comedic now i guess we could be like creep show had a comedic vibe uh i mean creep show 3 was just funny for different reasons but <laughs> then like this had a comic vibe with like john carpenter's character so i guess maybe more horror heavy you got it and whatever that means like whatever that means for you to find it like whatever title that would be <laughs> oh yeah i'll search the dark recesses of my limited knowledge and i will i'll shoot <laughs> Titles, and if you look them up, and you can, I'll let you. You can pick if you want. All right, that sounds great. Okie dokie. All right, well, it's good talking with you. You too. You stay scared, all right? You too. Later. Bye.